pull up your pants. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Take off the bra and be a man. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Yeah, call me Super Bowl Rojo. The Rich Eisen Show. Super Bowl Rojo. How about when Fournette came? Yeah, I think it worked great. You know, what a hell of a one-two punch. Today's guests, former NFL executive Joe Banner, co-host of Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt, Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert, plus actor and comedian David Koechner. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I'm your humble host sitting here in Los Angeles, California, once again on NBC Sports on Peacock and this Sirius XM Channel 211 NBC Sports Audio or this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate smart enough to put this show on the air. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Hey, my man. How are you, Mike Del Tufo? I'm doing very well, Rich. All right. T.J. Jefferson has just settled into his seat, almost missing every single hole on our On our Wednesdays, we wear pink, Rick. Good to see you. Good to see you, sir. Thank you. Good to see you. Hey, look, uh, we've been through this before. We've been through this before. This is not our first rodeo uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Not our first rodeo uh, coming off of a Super Bowl. Not my first rodeo coming off a Super Bowl, period, as a professional broadcaster, certainly with NFL Network. And so uh, I say this uh, with the utmost, fully knowing that you tune into the show. I'm very excited to hear what we have to say, hopefully. And uh, with it, we, we have lots to say on so many different subjects. But this is the day. I mean, right in the middle. So it is hump day. Uh, right in the middle of the week. It is the Wednesday after Super Bowl Sunday. It is it is that day that uh, causes me to just sit here and just say, what are we going to talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> what now? Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, Rich. Oh, well, we're not getting ready. We're not getting ready. We're not getting ready for football this weekend. What's going on? There's always football. You know what? Maze, we made it to this point. It is correct. The most narrative-generating machine in all of sports is the National Football League. Just wait five minutes. It's sort of like the, the weather in, uh, in the beautiful Midwest. Just wait five minutes. Just wait five minutes. You want it sunny, just wait five minutes. If it's sunny, just wait five minutes. It won't be. So we're waiting for five minutes. And in the meantime, you know, not, 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 not usual that we come on the air with, with news of a change of a team president mm-hmm. in the NFL, right? Um. But the Houston Texans uh, um, team president, gentleman by the name of Jamie Roots, uh, has decided to step down. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. You don't say. <laughs> he has decided to step down. And our friend Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, begins this day every day on, uh, on NBC Sports on Peacock, says that... Um, that uh, the team president to the Texans wanted to resign for the Texans after the GM search resulted in the work of search committees of the search committee on which he served being ignored. He was persuaded to persuaded to wait in order to keep the perception of organizational dysfunction becoming even more pronounced. To that, I say two words: too late, too late. It's too late. I am ready for Deshaun Watson on my team if I'm looking for a quarterback. I'm ready. I am sitting in a room, organizational meeting. I'm sitting there every day. If I if it's a Zoom, every day. If we're Zooming every day still, because I'm sure every organization still having a Zoom every day. They got to wait. I mean, you got pro days coming around the corner. You got you got evaluations. Draft boards are just beginning to be put together. I know there's no combine, but that's another reason why you got to start grinding tape you got to figure out what 2021 looks like right now. 
I'm in charge of an organization and I think that my quarterback is less than or not as good as, or I have an opportunity to go get a quarterback, I am sitting there and I'm putting Deshaun Watson's face on a board and say, get me this man. How do we get this man? What do we do? There's something called tampering. So we can't like <laughs> lift the phone up. We can't call. Do we call the agent and say, do you have a, a, a right to talk to us? I mean, you've requested a trade. Does that mean we're allowed to talk to you? Just even that, just a text. Just say, just say to Deshaun Watson's agent, I have left a note underneath a mailbox 15 miles out of town, right across the street from uh, Los Poyos Hermanos in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. We're, there's a spot. I'll GPS it for you. Right in the middle of the New Mexico desert, there's a note. Dig it up. And in the note, it says, will you play for this team? Check this box. Yes or no. Literally, whatever I've got to do, this is what I'm serious. And if I am Joe Douglas of the Jets, I am calling Nick Casario. Every day. Every day. And I'm calling him every day, maybe twice a day. I'm, you know what? I'm calling him like John Favreau calls Nikki oh, in, in, in uh, Swingers. Oh, really? oh, you so, ever saw that? Oh you're so money, baby. Okay. You're not now, waiting? I am, I am calling, oh, and I'm hanging up, painful. and I'm saying that message I just left you 30 seconds ago, no, I feel a little bit different. I feel strong. I feel even stronger than I did in that message I left for you 30 seconds ago. <laughs> and then calling two more minutes later until Nick Casario picks up the phone and says, stop calling me. <laughs> That's how I'm handling this situation. How much smoke needs to be seen before we see there's a fire? And, and if you're Nick Casario, if you're, I shouldn't laugh. If you're the general manager of the Texans and you're Nick Casario and you have been sitting there at Belichick's side all this time and for some reason you have not been able to get out of the building if you've wanted to or you wait and you wait and you wait and finally the Patriots say there's the door or fine, go ahead. Or you finally... I don't know, what, what would the narrative be, Chris? You get up the, the gumption to finally ask Bill out, you know, because the minute you ask Bill, can I go, right. you know, uh, there's right. no turning back, or I have no idea. I'm painting all sorts of narratives about their relationship, many of which could not be true. Well, who knows? But you're finally there. You're finally got the keys to a new organization, right? And the quarterback doesn't want to talk to you. And the team president wants out because you're there. And you're probably like, what do I do? I just said yes to a job that I've yeah, been waiting for for a long time. What do I, I do? I just got here. I just got here. Do you remember that uh, scene from another uh, Midnight Run, the great uh, Joey Pants? Right? Everyone's telling me to go F myself. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> remember that line? Joey Pants. Everybody. What's going on? Everybody's telling me to go F myself. Pretty good. That's that's Nick Casario is Joey Pants in, uh, in Midnight Run right now. What, what do I got to do? And um, the team president is not happy that you've been hired. And the, co the quarterback is tweeting out and deleting that you've been hired. And then you go ahead and hire a coach that, uh, for all intents and purposes, the quarterback doesn't even want to talk to because the owner's not going to change. I got to be honest with you. I have not seen a situation like this. I've done this uh, 
gig for a long time. And um, I don't recall a situation of a player of Watson's caliber and um, management hiring a new coach and general manager for a team that has signed someone of Watson's caliber to a monster contract just a year before. And a player of Watson's caliber says, I don't care who you hire. I want out of here anyway. I, I don't recall a situation that's anywhere remotely similar to this. Uh, I, I mean, Michael Jordan and cleats is what his coach called him. And then all he's done is just ball out. I know he's won only one playoff game. And the reason why he won that one playoff game is because uh, the Bills did some some Bills things towards the end of that game, you know. And then they, he won that game, and he could have easily lost it. And then he was up 24 points on on uh, on the Chiefs the next week, and then that was the high-water mark of the Bill O'Brien era, and everything's just gone to absolute crap since then. I, 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 don't, I don't know anybody who's this young and this talented and this under contract who's like, I, I want out. And a lot of this is quiet. I mean, has Deshaun Watson been given the right to seek the trade on his own? Doesn't look that way. All Deshaun Watson has to do to blow this thing up in a totally different direction than it currently is sitting in right now, one interview, one sit down, and he could pretty much choose who it is. We get a call from Deshaun Watson's representation or from Deshaun, we'll do it. Name anybody else. They'll do it. One sit-down interview. That's all. And that's why I think the Texans will have no choice but to eventually see the writing on the wall and make the deal. See the writing on the wall that we do not want to go down this road of hold out, he's not here, David Culley's first press conference at a virtual off-season team activity or a virtual workout or whatever we're doing, hopefully not virtually for much longer, pulling the I'm only talking about the guys that are here conversation. Has Deshaun, have you and Deshaun spoken? No. It's been two months since you've been hired. I hear you. We look, I look forward to the opportunity. I've heard nothing but great things. I mean, really, is that where you want to go? And then we blow past that, and suddenly the Deshaun starts getting more and more, if you will, embittered because sooner rather than later, there's the big backlash. All this money, give these people a chance. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just the ugliness. Training camp, I mean, just game it all out. Before the draft, everybody's going to be falling all over themselves. Joe Douglas calling up Nick Casario. Nicky, I really, you know, enjoyed tonight. Nicky, I really want to see you again. Nicky, <laughs> I'm sorry I left you those three messages. Nicky, that's what I'd be like. I think my last one got cut off. I just had to wanted to finish Exactly. It. That was so painful Boy, to watch. <laughs> it is like watching a horror movie, that scene. Yeah. I can't watch I it. I watch it through my fingers. When Swingers is on, I fast forward. I can't watch it. 
That's the way I'd be. By the way, that's a remote drop for me every time. Hands down. So we're going to talk about this with Joe Banner, uh, the longtime executive in the NFL. And one of the reasons why, you know, I, I, I reached out to Joe to join us um, was the and I reached out to him over the weekend. Carson Wentz uh, was supposed to be traded by Super Sunday. And then as Ian Rappaport said yesterday, he thinks everybody kind of said, let's go back to our corners. Hmm. And now you're even hearing out of Philadelphia, maybe Wentz sticks around. Wow. That's a higher register. That was yeah, maybe things can work out with Wentz after all. I mean, like seriously. <laughs> and then what's the deal with Russell Wilson getting interest from player? I mean, you just went Seinfeld. What's the deal? With what's Russell the deal Wilson? with? I mean, Russell Wilson <laughs> is one of the best in the league. Let Russ cook. Why would anybody think he's available? <laughs> well, right? cars with quarterbacks. Nicely done. Oh, me early. Cars and coffee with quarterbacks. Coffee, yeah. I mean, but you're close enough. Yeah, close literally, enough. literally. It's a. It, it's Fine. it's one of those things. Like it's, it's inside the leather. Yeah. I'm good. You it's the inside the leather. Horseshoes, Rich. You yeah, just pick it up. It's good. good. One point. Pick the ball up. It's good. You're close enough. Thank you. Justin Herbert will be joining us. Uh, young quarterback. Is he the next guy that has got a shot at Brady? <laughs> he is really, really good. I know that. He's really good. Oh, gosh. Somebody who's licking his wounds over his Chiefs. The very funny and talented David Keckner. Always enjoy a friend of our program coming back here. And Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football will be joining us here on the program. So let's take a break. Our poll question is a fun uh, this day in history from the hoops world. Um, and then when we come back, though, Joe Banner. What's the deal with what's the deal with Wentz? He's <laughs> coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. (laughs) 
when you showed up in Steelers training camp, who, who was, was Mean Joe there? Was all those guys there? Yeah. Blunt? But I never, you know, he was defense, I was defense. It's like It was like the Hall of Fame coming to life in that uh, spot. Well, no. Okay. It was the next year, really, that they really got the recruiting going. Okay. You know, that was all the all the guys that made it to those Super Bowl teams. Are you saying you were the dead weight? Is I is think I might have been dead weight, <laughs> yeah. And how did uh, Chuck Knoll cut you? What did he say to you? He called me in, you know. Okay. I went to the office mm-hmm. and uh, brought my playbook. So I knew, you know, I was going. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer, by the way. And, and, you know, he was complimentary. You know, he said, you know, look, you're a tough kid, but, you know, you're trying to learn the position. I had never played. We didn't have outside linebacker mm-hmm. in the college I played for. So it was the only position I, re- you know, reasonably could have played. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have, he didn't have time. He said, look, it's my first year, too. So he said, I can get you down with the Eagles. The Eagles are desperate. And that would have gone, you know, rental car straight down 80, you know, to the... Yeah. And I and he said, but it's got to be, you got to tell me right now. And I said, I'm done. You knew it that you didn't want to go play no. for the Eagles? No. Why? I don't know. It was a it was a spur of the moment. This I had knee problems. I was and I was I, to be honest, I was sick of football. Who was the best football player that you ever lined up with or against? Roger Stavo. When did you play against him? I played against Roger Staubach when I was at Youngstown State University, and he was at Pensacola Naval Station doing his six-year bit. Wait a minute. This is a great story, right? Uh, yeah. You know, he, you know, they do that. He graduated from Annapolis, won the Heisman, mm-hmm. went down there, and played football for six years. You're playing against the Pensacola... What Naval was Station. Naval Station. Yeah. And then out trots Roger Staubach? Yeah. That's not fair. He was a quarterback. That's not and these fair. were high-scoring, close games. Did you rush him? Did you get him? I, Did you I, take I, him down? i tell you the truth. I I rushed him. Mm-hmm. I got a hold of him. I spun around one time on his leg, and, he, and he, he just kept wiggling his leg free, and then he threw a touchdown pass. I hit him illegally out of bounds once <laughs> and got, got a 15-yard penalty. And they had a guy... They're, <laughs> Their middle linebacker was a guy named Lynch, who was a, a was a naval boxing champion. Yeah, who I think his brothers played. One of his bro- brothers played for Kansas City. Okay, the Lynch brothers. Sure, and he wanted to kill me, you know, because they loved Roger. Of course. Know. So you almost started a brawl by hitting Roger Staub back out of bounds. Yeah, I was just so tired of chasing him, and he, you know, he just stepped out of bounds, and I thought, no, I'm. I've been running 25 yards now, you know. Yeah, I just kept 15 going. yards on Ed O'Neill. Oh yeah. Baby, I love, so happy that we're we're going down Ed O'Neill memory lane. He's just so amazing. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, we just showed uh, on our Peacock segment uh, from our archives, Ed O'Neill telling a story about being cut by Chuck Knoll. Are oh, you wearing a, oh, look at you, you're wearing a uh, an Al Bundy t-shirt, huh, T.J. Jefferson? Yes. Um, and we're um, going down memory lane with him talking about being cut by Chuck Knoll in the 1969 Steelers training camp and then hitting Roger Staubach <laughs> out of bounds illegally in college. It's a bad idea. He said they played against the Pensacola local, uh, the Pen- what he said, the Navy team from Pensacola that was in Florida? I think that's what And out trots Roger Staubach playing in some sort of like rec league game or whatever? I mean, oh, so not fair. What? Uh, it's just so great. Go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, and then maybe later on we can post that 
uh, archive on our Twitter feed or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right. So that's later on. Our poll question's dynamite, but uh, I want to get to uh, Joe Banner right now. Is he on the phone, Chris? Yes, he is. As promised, here he is, the uh, former president of the Philadelphia Eagles and chief executive officer of the Cleveland Browns. He is Joe Banner. How are you, Joe? I'm great. Always great to be on with you. Appreciate you joining. Uh, just really keen about your insight on what, what do you think is going on right now with the Eagles and uh, Carson Wentz? Best you can suss it out. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think it's clear that they're, uh, I mean, I believe they're trying to move him. and At a minimum, they're certainly open to moving him. You know, if you're on the team side, you always want it to look like you're open to moving somebody as opposed to you're trying to move somebody because it's a better way to position the negotiation. Uh, and listen, it looks like they went to market and uh, maybe have been disappointed with the reaction that they've gotten. Uh, or I think we would have seen something by now. So I'm not sure what that means next. It's awful hard to take a guy who's already upset with the organization, have him be aware that at a minimum you're open to trading him and then bring him back. I just can't picture that scenario happening. So <clears throat> I think he's going to end up moving. I'm just not sure when. So when you're when you're saying Wentz is upset with the organization, I mean, what what – what is that? Because I think we're, we're, we kind of know <clears throat> from afar what's Deshaun Watson's issue with the Texans. What, what best you can tell is Wentz's issue with the Eagles? Well, I mean, first of all, I think there's some similarities in terms of some breakdown in trust and just, you know, personal relationships, which is never healthy. But, uh, you know, listen, if we're trying to look it through his eyes, you know, he was brought back to a team this year that uh, had a very old offensive line, and their two starting wide receivers were scheduled to be Deshaun Watson and Oxford Jeffries, who are probably past their prime and have had a lot of injuries over the last couple of years. And not shockingly, the offensive line that suffered some uh, injuries. And, you know, the way it went down with him being uh, benched, uh, I'm sure he feels like he was singled out and uh, was identified as the problem as opposed to somebody contributing to the problem. And I think if you're already working in an environment where maybe there's a little bit of a breakdown in the relationships and maybe a little almost silent finger-pointing, and then you find yourself in a position where it so publicly looks like the organization has singled you out as the cause of this very disappointing season, and I can't think of anybody who's uh, competitive and self-confident that wouldn't have some reaction to that. So uh, what is the, you, you know, the, the framework for a deal like this? We saw... Um, Joe, the golf for Stafford trade and the golf contract that I'm assuming is uh, in the same area code, if not the same uh, prefix as um, Wentz's trade, and that two ones with golf went to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. And the Eagles, I'm assuming, are not going to be asking for somebody's quarterback back. They just want Wentz out and his contract gone with as much coming in. What what do you think the framework of a deal looks like for him? Yeah, I'll answer you with just one little asterisk. I do think if they make a trade with Chicago, which will be kind of intriguing, I, I would be surprised if Foles didn't come back to the Eagles hmm. and be considered part of the compensation just because of the history there. That's just, okay. you know, trying to put two and two together, not any inside information, but it just kind of seems logical that they'd want two quarterbacks that could possibly start. They wouldn't want to have to use up assets and money or a draft pick to get that. So if it's the Bears he ends up going to, I'll actually be surprised if Foles isn't uh, in the deal. Okay. You know, I think the better uh, indication as to what this uh, could be is to look at uh, basketball and baseball, where for a long time we've had trades that were really driven by a team's desire to get out of a financial obligation. 
and it's tended to depress the uh, quality of compensation that you get back in return. Your your main uh, uh, acquired benefit is the relief from the uh, guarantees in this case, and the and the cap. I mean, the Eagles would have a huge cap charge in this year if they were to move them here soon, uh, but. It, it would then leave them clear after that. Uh, right now they have $120 million over the next four years on their cap, and I think it's about 55 over the next two years on their caps. So they could eat a big number this year and then uh, be free. So I personally would think any team uh, you know, offering a lot would be making a mistake because he's clearly a risk. I mean, you can't get the play you saw last year, or it's a terrible move. So you're assuming $50-plus million of guarantees if you trade for him. So to trade for him with the risk that he brings, assuming that kind of financial liability and giving up significant draft compensation, you know, as we know, it only takes one team to disagree with what I'm saying, and it can look like a very stupid comment. But if we're just looking at what the fair market value should be, I don't think it's even close to what we saw in the uh, Rams trade. Uh, It's really the Eagles dumping a contract and another team willing to take on that contract for any number of reasons, including that they may think he could be their starting quarterback for a while. And before before we move to uh, other topics uh, du jour, Joe Banner, uh, I I would be remiss if I did not ask you if somebody who knows the Philadelphia market as intimately and as you do for as long as you were there, what did you think of Nick Sirianni's inaugural press conference, Joe? (laughs) I think we're... It's good that we've seen a lot of instances where somebody was bad at their initial press conference and it turned out to be good because <laughs> that wasn't the winner. It wasn't the uh, instilling of confidence that you're hoping that your players and your fans are going to see. But I know a lot of people that know Nick, and I think it would be a mistake to uh, project his future based on that, but it certainly wasn't a good start. Joe Banner here on the Rich Eisen Show. What is the play of the Houston Texans right now with Deshaun Watson? What would you... What do you think they're doing? What would you counsel them to do? I'd love to pick your brain on this subject. Yeah, so this is a really dangerous position they're in, and hard to know how much of it's self-inflicted. Um, you're talking about, I believe, probably a top five, six, seven at worst player, 26 years old, under contract for the next five years, at by far the most important position in the game. And right now what we have is a lot of verbal talk and presumably threats, although we haven't really heard it directly from Deshaun. So... First thing is, I'm not doing anything with him until I get to the point where I'm truly convinced he's literally prepared to not play versus play for me. Of course, I hope I've got a team in place, by that I mean executives and coaches, that if I can get him in the building and get a chance to show him what our vision is going forward, that he will actually uh, feel at least a little better about at least giving it a chance to see if we haven't, in fact, fixed the problems that he's concerned about, uh, which aren't totally clear. He's blamed it on the owner indirectly again. We're not really hearing from him. At the same time, he... We've heard reports that he's willing to go to the Jets. So, you know, if there's some political race elements to that, it's not really uh, like he's picking a team that's got a, a gone from a very conservative mindset to one that's uh, got a liberal mindset. We're we're fairly lateral move in that direction. But for yes. me, the earliest I would contemplate trading him is the tra- trade deadline in the middle of the season, and I probably wouldn't trade him unless he sat out the whole season. Now, I know all the negatives that that creates with a new coach coming in and trying to establish a new culture and everything like that, but the opportunity to replace him, it's virtually zero. I mean, you've you got to be very smart and very lucky to get a top five, six, seven quarterback who's 26 years old and his rights you control for five more years. 
So it'd take a lot more than just conversation and threats before I'm moving a guy like that. Remember, once they move him, it also makes every other player on the team a free agent. Contracts become meaningless because all you got to do is create enough of a stink, and even a great player, a crucial position, can get moved. So you've officially declared all contracts null and void. It's just kind of if we're still together, this is what we'll pay you. And I just don't know how you can build a franchise that way. I mean, we've seen what happened to Jacksonville once they started down that path. Now they get a new administration. At least gives them a chance to create a new mindset and expectation in the marketplace. But it got everybody who was there fired, that they couldn't find a way to solve the problem and had to trade away players. And those weren't even quarterbacks that make as big a difference as Deshaun does. So I'm, I'm watching and begging him to come in and talk to us and at least have a face-to-face about where we've been and what he's upset about and what we can do about it. But I guess this is the ultimate conundrum here, uh, that that stance that you think, you know, or that you would take or you'd cancel Nick Casario and, <laughs> and, um, and obviously Cal McNair and we're assuming Jack Easterby to take, um, that, that it's such a hard stance to to maintain what would be however the godfather offer that you could not refuse if it, that 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 would make the option uh the seemingly unpalatable option of forcing him to hold out and then trading him midseason if not the after a full holdout season what would be what would be something you'd accept? Certainly, knowing you don't have a one and a two, right? And you're trying to rebuild a team with what? No one, no two, and a quarterback who is clearly the apple of not only the locker room's eye but the entire city's eye. That says, I don't want to be there, and I don't believe in the new regime. I don't believe in the old regime. You don't want to build a team that way. What would be what would be the godfather offer you'd accept to just say, okay, let's move on and do our best to try to replace Deshaun Watson? Joe Banner. All right, so I'm going to requalify that. I'm not doing this if it's up to me, but here's what I've said. The, okay. I, I've said that if, when it first came up, I said if Deshaun Jackson is traded, it will be the biggest, it should be the biggest trade in the history of the FNL. So Herschel Walker owns that right right now. It's three first, three seconds, a third, and a sixth. And I'm telling you, if I was a Texans, I'm still not trading him until I'm absolutely convinced he's not coming back. But I would need an offer bigger than that. Remember, Fifty percent of the first round picks and fifty percent of the quarterbacks even taken in the top ten fail. So how many picks do I need to use to even possibly replace him? It's a big chunk of what I just said. I mean, I'm gonna get awful likely lucky if I have a top ten pick, I use it on a quarterback and it adequately replaces him. That's really unlikely. So in that scenario there, he they got three ones and three twos. I'm probably using two to three of the ones just to replace him, and I may be getting a top ten to twelve quarterback versus a top five or six quarterback. So it would take an offer that would blow away anything we've seen in the NFL for me to say between the conundrum as you accurately describe it uh, and the level of compensation I'm getting, this may be the prudent thing to do. I mean, is, could you compare this rock and hard place and anything you've ever personally been through or witnessed as a colleague of anybody else in management, Joe? I mean, is there anything no, that compares nothing, nothing, and Listen, I went through a version of this with T.O., um, and we stayed firm, and you could argue with hindsight whether that was the right or wrong decision, but that's what we decided to do, and I think it protected the rest of the roster and the team and the principles we built on. Probably did create some short-term price for it, um, but I would understand somebody taking the opposite position and thinking we made a mistake by staying strong. But the impact of the best player in the league doesn't come close to the impact of a top-tier quarterback, so I can't think of any instance... Uh, and I can't think of even in another sport where we've seen an instance uh, like this. I mean, a Red Sox fan would say maybe Mookie Betts, 
but I even think that understates it significantly. Yeah, I guess so. Where were you when T.O. was doing the sit-ups on the lawn? Who called you to say <laughs> what was going on, Joe? Where were you? Where I was, was in my office, and okay. someone came on and said, you need to turn on your TV. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been on the air, Joe. I might have been the one on NFL Network Total Access doing the live reporting of him doing sit-ups in his front yard in his, in his driveway. Uh, Joe, I might have been me. <laughs> Very possible. That's oh, very possible. But uh, yes, I was uh, not aware. And somebody said you need to turn on the TV, <laughs> and I kind of gave him a look like, "Do I really need to?" Because I knew it wasn't good. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it wasn't good. <laughs> then I turned it on, and I won't really describe in detail my reaction. <laughs> Last one for you, Joe Banner. Before I let you go, um, how do I interpret teams, according to Ian Rappaport, my colleague at the NFL Media Group? How do I interpret his report that teams are calling the Seahawks? to kick the tires on Russell Wilson. Why would a team call another for their clear franchise face? Why would they do that, Joe? Well, I would call. Uh, you know, what do you got to lose? And he has expressed verbally at least a little frustration, and I'd love to know kind of the question you asked me about the Sean Watson. Is this some I'm, – I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. He's looked great, and I think if he's in a uh, more complex and uh, more creative offense, he'd look even better. Uh, so on the long shot, that there's something that answers that question, what would it actually be that could make it worth your while that you'd consider moving him? I'd actually make that call. I know the odds are it's over in 60 seconds. I got nowhere. They either hung up on me or dismissed me as a fool. But I think he's such a good player and seemingly has a number of years left that I would actually make that call myself. And so what do you get to lose call, in my opinion, for, I think, a really, really top player? I guess it's the Gretzky phrase, you, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But exactly. uh, but but is there is there like a rumor mill amongst management where you hear, you know, the whispers that he's not happy or, or something like that? I mean, how, what... Like, uh, why, you know, why wouldn't I call the Bucks to see if the, you know, Brady's available? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it doesn't, no. you know. I, well, there, yes, yes is the first part. There is a rumor mill. It's often wrong, so you don't put too much weight in it. But he also, I saw some comments he made in a radio interview. It seemed to be, you know, more about having more input and maybe some frustrations of the offensive line had never really been a priority with the organization. But that's enough for me to just check if there's more going on behind the scenes than, you know, that public comment. Um, and by the way, if, if Brady would make comments or any other of those top quarterbacks, and I didn't have a top quarterback that made it sound like there was a possibility, that's how the Eagles acquired Jason Peters. He was having a holdout in Buffalo. Didn't seem very uh, tense. It just seemed like kind of a normal, probably short-term holdout. We said, hey, what the heck, let's call them and just make sure there isn't more under the surface. Uh, more upsetness was getting reported. And lo and behold, they said, well, what would you give us? And then we got serious and had a back and forth and ended up trading a, a late one and a four for a Hall of Fame left tackle. So you never know. Um, and when you hear there's a little bit that is tipping above the water, you're not sure how much is below the water. It's worth checking. So you make a phone call to Green Bay the day after Aaron Rodgers had his post-game comments and losing the NFC Championship game, basically. Is what yeah, I may give it 48 hours just to make sure that there's something there. But, yes, I do. And I think teams did. <sighs> All right, so all said and done, if you can crystal ball it for me, and I know that's one of my favorite coaching cliches, I don't have a crystal ball. Who, who do you think gets moved uh, out of the quarterback carousel when, and, and, and all the, the crazy rumors that are flying right now for a bunch well, of players? Well, I think once gets moved, and I think there's a reasonable chance that Garoppolo gets moved and slightly less, but also a reasonable chance that Carr gets moved. And uh, I think if there weren't five quarterbacks that are at least potentially first-rounders, I would say – 
beyond Wentz with even more confidence. But there are a lot of teams that really like quarterbacks in this draft, and that will suppress the the, the trade market a little bit and may keep those last couple of guys on the teams they're on. Out of all the guys you just said it might be moved, Garoppolo is obviously one that jumps out too. Uh, which one would you take, Joe, out of all of them? Which one would you say? Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I would probably take Wentz. I mean, I just think we've seen an upside there that exceeds the other guys. i got to believe in my coaching staff if I'm making a move like this. I better have a good offensive line. And I think the chances of getting him to back to where he was is a much higher ceiling than I think the other two guys have. And I don't mean to disparage them with that. It's just a degree uh, comment on my part. Joe, appreciate our chats always. Uh, look for my texts and uh, DMs and, and phone calls for the next few weeks as this stuff gets heated up with the new league year almost a month away. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks. He's a must-follow on Twitter, at JoeBanner13, former NFL team executive of the Eagles and Browns, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So much to chew on Oof. right there. So much to chew on. Just casually thrown around Jimmy G. Poor, poor Jimmy G. Jimmy's going to get upset. I mean, I mean, Jimmy's getting upset. And then you've got the Herschel Walker trade is what Joe Banner says is the floor. Oof. Start with that. Again. <clears throat> and, and, and it would be a, a similar idea as well from the fact, look, the Texans weren't 1-15, which is what Dallas was when they traded their best player away. Okay? They trade away their best player when they were 1-15, which led to, as you know, Troy coming anyway. And then Worked out. the Texans <laughs> are 4-12, third overall on the clock, not first overall on the clock, but they're not third overall on the clock at 4-12 because they have traded away their draft choice. Miami owns it from the Laramie Tunsil trade that was made on the eve of the 2019 season. And they don't have a two either. That's gone also. So how do you build this team? You trade your best player away. So there's precedence to basically say, hey, team that wants Deshaun Watson, 26 years old, five years under contract, Herschel Walker trade me. Three, three, three ones, three twos, a third, and a sixth. Now, the the Cowboys did get um, picks back. They did did send picks to, pardon me, Minnesota did get picks from Dallas in the trade. They got two threes, a fifth, and yes, kids, a tenth round selection. Which there was back in nineteen ninety. Can you imagine if we still had ten rounds? Oh my god! And the San Diego Chargers were were involved. Just to be exact here, because I'm I wanted to look this up. Um, the Cowboys were going to get from the Vikings five players, three draft picks, and conditional picks. Um, one of the players, Darren Nelson, refused to report to the Cowboys. Dallas flipped him to San Diego for a fifth, which is what they also sent to Minnesota. Like you get that one too, right? I guess Darren Nelson's like, I don't want to play for Jimmy Johnson in Dallas for a team that's got one win. Let me go to San Diego. Oops. (laughs) And in case you're wondering what Dallas did, like why would the Texans still do that? It's Deshaun Watson. Just to remind all the kiddos out there. 
with the picks that they got. You know, it's it's not just straight using them. You can maneuver the draft board with them to get up to positions. But the players that they eventually got using the capital directly or using the capital to trade up. Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland, Kevin Smith, Darren Woodson. I've heard Alonzo of Highsmith as well. How'd that work out? Uh, very well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely well. So if you're sitting here, Deshaun's like, you know, top, as Joe Banner said, top five, six. It's all this. We're going to keep him. We're not trading him. What if Dallas thought the same thing about Herschel Walker? And then just on top of it, too. Could you imagine this actually happened? This actually happened. This this trade actually went down. Hugest trade in the history of the NFL involving a player, not just anybody, it's involving Herschel Walker. So let's take a break. I want to say now that the Herschel Walker trade has been thrown out there by Joe and you have to think that Nick Casario has the same mindset as Joe. You know, general managers are all kind of cut from similar cloth. So let's just put that through the hopper and see if your team would want to go ahead and do something like that. Or if you even have the opportunity and the capital to absorb it. And then our poll question is pretty dynamite too. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. We have kind of, you know, messed up the place as best we can because the man to my right, Michael Rappaport, good to see you again, sir. Glad to be here. I mean, I'm sort of here against my will. Well, you're just here so you won't get fined. Well, no, no. Actually, I'm here against my will because I did lose a bet. All's fair and fun and fantasy. And you said you would clean the studio and now it's time to do that. This is your janitor suit. Okay. To wear for the next hour. Ain't the first time I wore one. With the Rich Eisen Show logo on it. You got all sorts of different ointments, spray bottles. There's a. Ajax. Traditional Ajax. Sweeping. No problem. Oh my God. You're just dropping candy on the floor to sweep up. Okay. Stay all out. Is that to eat? Yeah. uh, Because there's a five second wall. It's kind of gross. Just up there. We We haven't gotten the top of the shelf, Michael. Okay. No problem. I don't think that's probably been dusted since we started here in October of 2014. No problem. You can't even even put the broom in the car. Sir, sir, please let me do my job. (laughs) Sir, please let me. Let me do my job. Okay. Uh, anybody. Oh, he's now spitting on stuff. Well, just spit polishing. This is great. Did we not even Swiffer him? We yeah, didn't can provide... I, can I, listen. There's I, paper towels. There's lots of cleaning materials. You, you, you want to do it or you want to let a professional do it? <laughs> this is pathetic. This is, <laughs> this is, this is humiliating. Michael Rappaport yeah, yeah. spraying things willy-nilly. And whatever you sprayed over there, Rappaport, has wafted over here and it's coating my throat. Oh, oh. 
What the hell is that that well, you we sprayed? Did some co- we did some country day, but we have some neutral cleaning, concentrated floor cleaner. We're going to get to you over there, my friend. What Listen. stinks in here? I f- honestly feel like I am trapped <laughs> in a New York City cab <laughs> right now you. with whatever was hanging from the <laughs> from the rear view mirror. We're on TV right now. Right now, yeah. This is what live TV has come to, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You are the worst I need industrial strength cleaning. This place is down. I mean, this is like, come on, man. Oh, there you go. Hey! It's working, (laughs) People that do manual labor, they should be treated with the respect because this this little half-ass spit shine cleaning I did wore me out. Do me a favor before you leave. Clean up the mess, you <laughs> Oh, no problem. It's still a mess on the floor. No, no problem. All right. <laughs> Good times, Michael Rappaport. That's from the Allison Chains Fantasy Football League from years ago, right? That's from way back, way in back the day. then, right? Seventeen. Wow, it's coming up. That's four years ago now. Jeez. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. So Joe Banner just called in, and I feel like. You know, I asked him about the Godfather offer that uh, if he was taking a hardline stance, as the Texans appear to be prepared to do, what 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 would be the Godfather offer that he would be that he would take as an off ramp and trade Watson and replenish and start from scratch, which I think is the ultimately right move for the Texans to do. What do they just think that after a while? Deshaun will just tire out of this whole I can't stand management thing and then eventually David Cully will win him over and then what? Uh, I, I, I don't think that I don't think that that's reparable. What is he hoping it's like stick him in the library in the basement he'll eventually come around like Beauty and the Beast? You know, I mean, uh, honestly. <laughs> as, you, as you know... Uh, honestly, as you as you know, I, I watch Disney movies with a different view now because my kids watch them. Wait till you see Beauty. When was the last time you saw Beauty and the Beast? I mean, I, I had to have been a kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, when I saw, saw yeah. Beauty and the Beast with my kids for the first time, you know, in a long time, I'm like, what am I teaching my child? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was with that look you just uh, had? No, I'm seriously. <laughs> it's just like, the, so the idea is like, she's not that into you and that's the way you're going to, I mean, whatever. So he's not that into management. What are you going to do? Just wait it out? Is that it? I mean, that's what Joe said he would do. Well, that's th- that's Make him a, sit out the I season. I think that's untenable. That is not tenable. I don't think that's happening. Who's yet. the backup quarterback in Houston? A.J. McCarron. Right? McCarron, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go into it's, it. David Culley, congratulations. You got your first shot at age 65. Okay. Nick Casario, congratulations. You got your first shot as a general manager after all those years being in New England. Here you go. A.J. McCarron is your quarterback because Deshaun Watson is sitting at home. And if you think that A.J. McCarron starts at quarterback week one of the Texan season because Deshaun Watson's still sitting at home and you think you can ride it out, you think you can ride it out, I think you are out of your mind because at some point it'll be like, what are you doing you could have had all of this. You could have had all that. All these teams that are thinking about 
swapping out their quarterbacks right now because they just maybe saw what Tom Brady just did and one Tom Brady can change your team's fortune. Jets right now have all of these draft choices. They've got 19 draft choices in the next two years. The Jets have 19. After this year, they won't. You're not going to get a Herschel Walker trade. That's what, again, was the godfather offer that Joe Banner said he would begin to accept. Herschel Walker trade. Three ones, three twos, a third, and a sixth. That's the starting point. That doesn't happen if the, you allow this draft to go th- down and you haven't made this move and you're going to ride it out during the summer and you're going to find Deshaun Watson money. And at some point, at some point, when the narrative becomes Deshaun doesn't want to be here or Deshaun is holding out and look what he's doing to the team and suddenly at some point, Deshaun Watson's going to sit down and tell his side of the story, and it is going to be a long-ass day for the Houston Texans when that day arrives. I would counsel them to head that off at the pass (laughs) and call up a team or accept the offers that can come in that sound like the Herschel Walker trade. Who can pull that off? Who has the ability to not only pull it off, well, everybody can pull it off because they can, you know, as long as you've got all these ones and twos and you haven't traded them away. That's why, you know, when the Rams were thinking about what they could do with Goff and apparently kicked the tires on Watson, according to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, it was too rich for them. Because they didn't have... they. That's why the, the ones that they gave up for Stafford were in the future, not this year, because Jacksonville holds their one this year in the Jalen Ramsey trade. So who's got all of these? I know Rich. Uh, the Jets? The Jets have it. Oh. I'm serious. And I know, you know, oh, you're this, you're that, you're a Jet fan. That's correct. Guilty is charged. I've got the scars. Emotional. <laughs> All over me. The Jets have 19 draft choices in the next two years. They've got multiple first rounders because of the Jamal Adams trade. And wouldn't it be somewhat ironic, don't you think, like rain <laughs> on your wedding day, that the Jets have the ability to pull this trade off because they've acquired the draft choices by trading away the player that they took in the same draft that they could have had Deshaun Watson anyway. So they've got multiple first-rounders. They could tell Houston, take the first-rounders that are hired, pull an NBA trade, right? Mm-hmm. Not lottery-protected or whatever. You Whatever's highest, you take, including the, the second overall pick this year. You actually improve your Ooh. position that you would have had. And in 2022, another first rounder. And in 2023, take our first rounder there also. Now, would they cough up their twos over the next three years also for it? Would they cough up a a third? Absolutely. Guess what else they got in the uh, trade market? They'd also get a starting quarterback, They too. got a third, an extra third round pick in the Jamal Adams trade in next year's in this year's draft too give up one of those also and you still have your own you still have your one and your three this year and you get to Sean Watson give up a sixth if if you're the Jets you do this standing up you do this tomorrow you do this tonight you call Nikki up and say I just met you we just met each other uh, uh, on a night out on the town 
Give me a call. <laughs> and then you call Nikki back and you call Nikki back and then you call Nikki back until Nikki says, don't call anymore. Hi, this is Nikki. Leave a message. <laughs> Hi, uh, Nikki. This is Mike. I met you at the um, at the Dresden. That's it. You got. You know what I mean? Like that's it. <laughs> because if you get if you get to Sean Watson and you're the Jets, you're all groansed up and you're groansed up and you're groansed up <laughs> on the spot. And then you got me like Vince Vaughn. I'm dancing on tables. The rest of the Jets fans are dancing on tables saying you're all grown stop. Shout out to the 101 Cafe. Shout out, man. Tomorrow, you do it tonight. And you keep calling. Of course, Nikki's got to want to come. Nikki's got to want to date you. And that's the other factor of this. Yes, Deshaun Watson is Nikki in this equation. <laughs> yeah. And also Nick Casario. By the way, Nikki! Hey! Call, hey, we're, we're workshopping we're calling, here. We're calling, we're calling. Also, Rich, Joe made it seem like every NFL GM is like the guy on Instagram who like has an Instagram crush. And the second you see Damn that her boyfriend might have been slipping, you're sliding into those Damn DMs. Right Let me test straight. the waters a little bit. Although he did say he was gonna, he would have waited 48 hours <laughs> with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah, no, that would have been like two minutes. What, but isn't that, that the swingers thing? You have to wait two days, Two right? days, yeah, two, two days. days. Yep. Industry standard. And then they're like, how long are you going to wait? Seven days. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Industry standard right there. Nikki, great. Did, did you just uh, walk in or were you, were you listening all along? Don't ever call me again. That's it. <laughs> well done, everybody. That's called segment of the Rich Eisen Show. I think Kyle Brandt would approve. He's coming up in hour number two. And uh, our poll question is dynamite as well. That's coming up here on the show. Still here on Peacock. <laughs> well done, everybody. That's called a team effort. I mean, it's a great way, movie. Speaking of Joe Banner, I know I'm talking about The Godfather. I feel like I am calling Hyman Roth, right? <laughs> he like does. he's like he's been in the oh, business. Yeah, he he used to run molasses, yeah. right? They're in, they're he in used Cuba to run molasses for years with your father. Yep, and okay. he's talking. He's got the big cake. All the big right, guys are there. Right. I'm going to take a nap. Yep. When I wake up. If Carson Wentz is on the Colts, I know I have a partner. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't that what that sound like to you? <laughs> yeah. He's been there, done that. I but know. he's watching some Notre Dame football in the background. Yeah, he's <laughs> turned the sound up. He's turned the sound up. <laughs> oh, and man. after all that, he's like, I'd take Wentz. Right? Isn't what he said at the end? Like, Wentz, I, we've out seen of all it. of them? We, 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 we've like seen the, the upside. Yeah. What the hell happened to Carson Wentz? I mean, it was also it's it is it is it is a whole it is a whole to do the 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 line. Miles Sanders couldn't stay healthy. The run game was Boston Scott every now and then, right? Confluence of bad luck. You think Deshaun Jackson was hurt all year? Alshon Jeffrey didn't play midway through the season. Travis Fulgham was the uh, was the star because Jalen Rieger, who you chose instead of Justin Jefferson, he was banged up. I think if Wentz is on the Colts, they can go to the AFC Championship game. I I don't I, I that can't. line the running game the offense they're great on defense like did they you have see an awesome who, head coach did you see who the Bears um, 
installed as their new passing game coordinator. John Filippo, who was the yeah. quarterback's coach underneath offensive coordinator Frank Reich for Doug Peterson in the championship season. So maybe the Bears are just like, unless, I, I can't imagine, is Wentz even directing some of this? Does he, ha- does he have a no-trade clause like Deshaun? We can find I haven't that. heard that. I haven't read that, that anywhere. I told Chris that yesterday. I think he's going to end up with Chicago. Don't know why. I think he'd well, do you know well why? There, but you got to get Allen Robinson to stay. Well, I mean, let's let's discuss this a little more when we don't have just 15 seconds to go. So Kyle Brandt is uh, going to join us an hour or two. We'll talk Super Bowl 55 and all this good stuff with him. And uh, Justin Herbert and David Keckner also still to come. Chris Brockman's news update and more coming up in hour number two of our show. 